Well, good evening, everyone. Good to be back with you tonight, and prayerfully our time will be um, a blessing as we open up the God's precious Word tonight. I want to um, look at uh, several verses in Second Thessalonians in chapter two. Second Thessalonians in chapter two. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye may be not shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth he, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they might believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And I'm sure the Lord will add a rich blessing to the public reading of his word. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do come before you, God, and we thank you for this day, and thank you again, Father, just for the freedom that we have, just to open up thy word. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that is here amongst us tonight and, sp and will speak to us, always pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he, in him, uh, the Lord Jesus, that he might have all the preeminence. And so, Father, tonight we ask you to bless our time, encourage one another, uh, Father, from thy word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, <clears throat> as I was looking at this passage a little uh, earlier, studying it, I realized that um, there's some, I think, a real good description of, um, and even in chronological order, of what's going to happen next. And I think it's interesting, you look at those 12 verses that we read tonight, that there, it, it is so rich in um, coming events. Because I know uh, if you're like me, um, I've been a student of prophecy for a lot of years. And, you know, different preachers come at it different ways. But, you know, we're, we're admonished in the scripture to study 
to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think the Apostle Paul here really lays out uh, some very, very important truths about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a little bit of background. The, Thessal uh, the, the uh, people of Thessalonica, the believers there, in the assembly there, were very much troubled. Right out of the gate, the uh, Thessalonians were uh, the ones that were saved, went through an enormous amount of persecution. We know that from reading First uh, uh, Thessalonians in chapter one. They were very faithful, um, uh, a very faithful assembly, very faithful uh, believers, but they were troubled. And uh, what happened, and we, we, re we read this tonight, is that when we get to Second Thessalonians, false teachers had come in, into the assembly, and some of them even were saying that this is what Paul said. It looks like, even, that they were saying this is a letter that Paul has written concerning uh, the times that we're living in. And really what they were saying was this. The false teaching was this. Look, you missed the rapture. You're now living in the tribulation. That's why you're going through so much uh, persecution. And the believers, of course, were, uh, because of this false teaching, were very much confused and very much discouraged. So Paul writes... Uh, in Second Thessalonians, he really reinforces what the teaching that he had given to them in First Thessalonians, in uh, the first uh, several chapters of First Thessalonians. So you have to um, just understand that background. They think they've missed the rapture, and that's why he says right in um, in Second Thessalonians and chapter uh, two example. Uh, look at verse one again with me. Now we, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. The Apostle Paul lays out the next events. And um, he says, look, the Lord will not return until these events occur. The first one, he said, is our gathering together. What was he talking about there? The rapture. He's saying the rapture has not occurred yet. That's the first thing that will occur. Um, and the reason is, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more as we look into more detail of this chapter. The reason is, the rapture is for believers. Both uh, believers that have gone to be with the Lord already, and uh, they will be, uh, even though their spirits already, right, absent in the body, present with the Lord, we know that. But the rapture is a deliverance. It's a deliverance from a time of wrath. Remember that we're told in First Thessalonians, that we were not appointed unto wrath. That's a very important principle because there's a lot of teaching out there even today, isn't there? That, um, you know, 
they sort of accuse us, not only the brethren, there are obviously other teachers, um, that uh, we, we have this, um, uh, this view, right? That the first thing that occurs is the rapture. And, uh, but Paul reinforces this, because that's the truth. And the reason is, is because, as we'll, again, like I said, as we go into a little bit more detail, we'll see that God's timetable will change. The church will not be here, folks. If you think we're going through the tribulation now, it's, it's not even close. Even though we look and we see, right, the world upside down as we see it. But this is not the tribulation. And Paul is reinforcing to the Thessalonians, even though they were going through much difficulty and a lot of tribulation themselves, this wasn't the tribulation. And so it's important uh, that, we, uh, that we understand that. Um, the, uh, the idea here in, uh, in, in, in Paul is saying is... Um, he wants to encourage the believers with the rapture. Uh, turn back with me to a passage that I know that you, you know, but it's, it's good to go over it uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. Uh, and Paul says this, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with what? A shout. And with the uh, voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we, which are alive, shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord where? In the air. So there is a coming of the Lord. It's called the rapture. It is for believers only. The world will not see it. It will happen in a twinkling of an eye. And brothers and sisters in Christ... It is an encouraging thing. It ought to encourage us, even John the Apostle writes, that he that has this hope in himself, the hope of what? Of the appearing in the clouds of the Lord Jesus Christ. He that has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure. And it ought to have this teaching. It's an encouragement to know that the wrath that was destined for us because of our sin will not come upon us because our Savior took the wrath of God, all of it. And so uh, it's important to understand that. He said, uh, the Apostle Paul said, and encourage one another even more so as you see the day approaching. So folks, the rapture is for us. One way or another, you are going to be involved in the rapture. Because you're part of the church. The church will not be here. God's timetable is so important. Paul is emphasizing this in this chapter. Listen, he said, don't, I don't care whoever you said wrote the letter. It didn't come from me. Plain teaching I gave you in 1 Thessalonians. Go back and read it, understand it. What did I say? The first thing that will happen is that the church, you in uh, Thessalonica, will be raptured. You will not be here. You will not be here. It's the first event. 
And brothers and sisters in Christ, this ought to have an influence on our lives. The rapture um, can happen at any time. There are no signs for the rapture. None. And um, God's uh, timetable for the end times will not commence until we're taken out of the way. And Paul really emphasizes that. That's found in verse 1. Is that wherefore, um, when he says, Now brothers, um, just remember this, that uh, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you meet, be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by the word, nor by letter from us, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. The New, the, uh, new International Virgin uh, version says, the day of the Lord. Um, the day of the Lord. So what's got to happen? What's going to happen? What's the timetable? What is rightly dividing the Word of God? Well, first thing is, the rapture will occur. So don't worry about, you know, who's the Antichrist? You know, you've, it's been going on, I think, uh, in preaching for years. You know, people making speculations about who he is. One thing I know for sure, if the Antichrist, it's possible that he's alive. That's possible. But what I'm saying is you and I will not know who that is. We will not. Because he will not be revealed. So, don't beat yourself up. Uh, it's not for us. It's a completely different timetable. And Paul says... Um, not to be shaken. Uh, because there's certain things that need to happen. The first one is the rapture. The second one is, uh, he talks about this uh, a little later on. Because of the rapture, um, he says this. Um, I just am looking at the verse here. I, I've lost it for a second. Okay, verse 7. Look at that. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What's the next thing after the rapture? It will happen actually at the time of the rapture. And Paul makes a note of it here in verse 7. It's chronological except that he just he waits a few verses uh, before he brings it out. But, folks, here's what's going to happen. The rapture's going to happen, and because of that, the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit works now. How does He work? He works through the church. The Holy Spirit, of course, indwells us individually. And the Bible tells us, and, and, and the Lord Jesus, before He left, He said... Uh, about the work of the Holy Spirit, that He'll convict men of righteousness, uh, of judgment uh, to come, that He has a specific work, and that He will always, always emphasize the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, if you want to know if you are following the Holy Spirit or not, um, what does He have you do? He'll have you focus on Jesus Christ. There is a name I love to hear. I love to speak its worth. 
It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Folks, we are not here to worship the Holy Spirit. Now, He is part of the Godhead. He's an equal part of the Godhead. But God has told us how we're to come to, to Him. Through whom? His Son, the Lord Jesus. Mankind has been given a man. The man. There is a mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. So, what is the Holy Spirit doing now? He is holding back. And folks, that is happening through the church. The Holy Spirit now is working in the world, convicting men of sin, convincing men of their unrighteousness, but of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and, and, and pointing them to Jesus Christ. But guess how He's doing it? Through us. Through the church. And that's why we're to go and preach the gospel. And the Holy Spirit will go everywhere where we go. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is going to be taken out of the way. Now, does that mean that the Holy Spirit will not uh, operate? No, it doesn't mean that. But His timetable and His uh, way of working will be completely different. Because God has got a timetable. And when the church is taken out of the way, it's very important to understand this. That, and, and Paul even explains that in this passage here. That it won't be the same. We live in a day right now, what is it called? It's called today. Isn't that interesting? There's the day of Christ or the day of the Lord. And that's a long time period, by the way. That's a time period of God's judgment. We're not living in that time right now. We're not living in that time. We're living in the day of grace. And you know what it's called? It's called today. And that's why when you and I go out with the gospel, can I share something with you? Always, always remind a person. Because I've made this mistake in the past, and I don't think it's biblical. Is that I get people, I, want, I reason with people, right? Okay, and it's, there's, it's exciting, isn't it? You know, uh, we're out at the Hollywood Beach. You know, you reason with people. You're reasoning with them. But you know what? I, 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 I believe this is scriptural. Always remind people that they're living in a day of grace. And that is today. Call on Him while He is near. Seek Him while He may be found. And turn to the Lord and He will have mercy on thee. And to our God and He will freely pardon. Folks, we are living right now in the day of grace. But you know what? Tomorrow might not be. Because tomorrow we might not be here. If the rapture comes, the Holy Spirit goes away with us. Now He still will work. People will still get saved. But it will not be called today. It will not be the day of grace. It will come during the wrath of God. Yes, there will be people saved. But it's a completely different time. We live in a very privileged time, folks. Because today is a day of grace. The, the, the church period is a day of grace. 
And it's called today. Hebrews chapter 3. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6, if you want to look those up. Today is the day of salvation. So when we share the gospel with individuals, folks, remind them of that. You know, because the, tomorrow, well, first of all, tomorrow might not come for them. Individually, is that possible? Yeah, right? But folks, we might be raptured today. And God's timetable, there will be a clock ticking. And now it's in the day of Christ. It's the day of the Lord. It's the day of wrath. Completely different uh, timetable. And salvation will cost people their lives during that time, mostly. Uh, because this is a day, uh, it's a day of wrath. And uh, so, here's what Paul is saying. Look, Believers, I want to encourage you. You're not going to go through the day of Christ. Uh, you are part of my church. And the church is going to be raptured. And it's going to happen any day. Be ready for it. In a twinkling of an eye. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Folks, that's our hope, isn't it? And then he says, because of that, um, the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way. We look at the world today, folks, and I've been around long enough to have seen an enormous change in the world. You, you know, you young people, maybe you don't sense it as much, because this is all you know, right? Right? Uh, I can tell you I lived through the 60s when the, uh, the, the revolution really started in, in the 60s. And it's influenced the whole world. And we see a real decay. I talked about it this morning, right? Humanistic philosophy has taken over the world. It really has. And uh, this uh, uh, evolutionary teaching and how it's affected society. It's affected the United States of America. You know, as a Canadian, I can tell you, the, uh, the Americans, um, you know, as a Christian. In my pre-Christian days, can I, can I tell you what I thought of Americans? Okay, I wasn't a Christian. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> you know what? Because us Canadians, we, you know, it's like we, we're the little person syndrome. Okay, as Canadians. And uh, we looked at the big, bad Americans. Okay, that, I was brought up like that. Like in my home... Americans were um, arrogant to Canadians. That's the way most Canadians viewed Americans. And uh, I'm sad to say that. But, you know, after I became a Christian in 1982, I had a new love for the United States big time. And the reason is, is because you guys, uh, from an evangelical point of view, were the bastion still in the Western world of, um, you know, Christianity. Canada has thrown God out a long time ago. I didn't know if you knew that or not. We're a very liberal. Uh, we have a very conservative uh, prime minister right now. And the guy is unbelievable. I mean, you guys would like to have him as your president. I mean that. I, I know you don't know anything about Canada. You know, we don't influence the world. But you know the best friend to Israel right now? The best friend is not you guys anymore. It's Canada. And our prime minister has stood up 
amongst enormous opposition to defend Israel, unlike your president has done, thrown Israel under the bus, per se. But, uh, you know, but I used to, you know, I, America's changed. There's, there's very little, comparatively, right, compared to what it was, uh, you know, Christianity left in this country. From Roe versus Wade and, you know, all the decisions. Uh, by the way, there's no regulations in Canada on abortion at all. I don't know if you knew that or not. There's no restriction on abortion at all in Canada. It comes from our liberal uh, background. But, folks, listen, if you think this is bad, this is, this is a Sunday school picnic compared to when the Holy Spirit gets taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit, folks, the church, we're hindering Satan's work. We're hindering his uh, way he operates. We hinder it. Do you know that? That the Holy Spirit is hindering Satan's work right now. He doesn't have a free hand. You would think he does. Walk down the streets here. Right? You don't have to go very far to see his work. But you know what, folks? It's nothing. It's nothing. Because when the tribulation comes, when the day of the Lord comes, when the Holy Spirit is taken out of this world, folks, you don't want to be here. You don't want to be here because we see it. It drives us crazy, right? As Christians, we see the moral decay. We see it around the world. We've seen it in Europe for a hundred years now. And it's starting to affect this country and it's long affected my country. But folks, it's nothing. Because the Holy Spirit is still keeping Satan's work back. But Paul is saying here in this letter, he... When the Antichrist comes, the Holy Spirit won't be around to hinder his work. Now that'll be temporary. But can you imagine what it's going to be like, folks? I'm glad I'm not going to be here. I'm glad. But it, it's, it's so important to understand this. Now, there's something else that's going to occur even before the revealing of the Antichrist. The Holy Spirit's taken out of the way, and then Paul uh, writes this uh, here um, in Second Thessalonians again. Um, look, look what it says in verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day. What day? The day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the day of wrath, the day of judgment. That day will not occur until the rebellion occurs or as the King James version says the falling away there's going to be a falling away there's going to be apostasy look with me here because Paul writes about it in uh, Timothy uh, look at first Timothy first first Timothy uh, chapter 4. And verse 1, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through 
hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know not the truth. Now, go to 2 Timothy. Look at verse uh, chapter 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. And there's 19 characteristics here. 19. Trust me. Okay? There's 19. Read them for yourself. And they're really brought down into four categories. Men and women will become lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of treasure, and certainly not lovers of God. Four things. Nineteen characteristics in those four categories. Lovers of self, is that happening now? Have you ever seen anything like it? Into self-love? Lovers of pleasure? Have we seen, the world ever seen anything like we're seeing today? Lovers of treasure? And certainly not lovers of God. Folks, you would think we're in the perilous times already. But Paul is saying in, in 2 Timothy that those are the, in the latter times. Uh, they, yes, we, we're seeing a picture of it. I think that for us as the church, it ought to wake us up. The more we see the decay of society, and Paul is saying that these things are going to happen, that people uh, look again, because he says it again in, in, in 2 Timothy in chapter 4. He says uh, in verse 3, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn away uh, their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. Folks, I tell you, there's preachers out there today that are already doing this. Uh, you know, there's a guy up in Houston there. Mega churches. He's false, folks. He's a, he, he's a false teacher. And, you know, people, they, they buy into it. I want to be healthy. I want to be health, uh, wealthy. And uh, I want to be successful. And so they get itching ears. No hell. No judgment. No talk of sin. You would wonder why they would even need a Savior. They're such good people. And that's the preaching, folks. But folks, what, what Paul is saying here is, listen. In the latter times, in the day of the Lord, when the Holy Spirit is gone, this kind of teaching will be pervasive. It will be pervasive. It's called the falling away. It's going to be apostasy like we've never seen before. And we're already starting to see it. Right? So now look, we've seen the moral decay in society. And we're still here. The church isn't even gone yet. But it ought to remind us that these things... You know, I remember Dan Snadden. I don't know if you know this name or not. Tremendous preacher in Canada. Actually, he was from Scotland. 
but um, uh, lived in Canada many years, but ministered in Florida here at Satellite Beach for many years. Might have heard his name or might not. He's gone to be with the Lord now. And I remember him saying, you know, uh, with his Scottish accent telling me one time, a young believer I was in those days, saying, you know, Tony, you know, just love that accent. I wish I could do it. Um, he said, um, we're living in the last days. The last days. And you know what? I used to look at Dan Snadden like, you know, like a prophet. You know? And, uh, you know, if Dan Snadden, I figure he's got his fingers on God's pulse. That's how close he was to God. You know, for me, young believer, it's good to, to not that I worshiped a man. I didn't. But it's nice to follow after a man that loves the Lord like that. Right? And he said, Tony, I'm telling you, we're living in the last days. I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Paul is saying, look, here's the timetable. The rapture is going to occur. The Holy Spirit will not operate like he's operating today. And there will be an apostasy. You know, a lot of people even, and I, I in all due respect to, to some Christians who believe there, there will be a worldwide revival, uh, I, I don't see that in Scripture. I, I tell you, I see um, downhill. That's what Tony Martin sees. Now, I know that, you know, the United States is not uh, necessarily a reflection of the uh, our Canada, the Western world. I know there's millions of people. As a matter of fact, the world um, Christianity today says that 80,000 people got saved today. 80,000 people a day get saved. Now that's minuscule compared to the world population, of course. But you see, God's not willing that any should perish, that all should uh, come to repentance and the knowledge of the truth. That's God's heart. We're living in a day of grace. But you know what? I don't see a big revival coming. I think they're going to come in onesies and twosies. Because the world's going downhill, folks. I, you know, listen. Um... You know, the Lord could delay His coming, right? He, the Lord could delay uh, the rapture. Uh, we don't know when, right? And anybody says that they know when the Lord's coming back? What nonsense. What nonsense, right? And, uh, you know, the, 2012, did you know that? The Mayan uh, priest or whatever predicted that this is the end. Watch all the news about this all year now. You're going to hear about it, right? But folks, the Lord is coming back. But He's coming back for us first. And then there's going to be the removal of the Holy Spirit with us. We'll not operate uh, the, the same way. And the apostasy will come. And uh, the day of the Lord uh, is will take place. When we're out, folks, the day of the Lord uh, is going to come. The day of the Lord, like I said, is a time period of God's wrath. What's going to happen next? The apostasy comes and then there's the revealing of the Antichrist. Paul makes it clear here. Uh, he says that uh, in this um, passage in Second Thessalonians, he makes it clear that um, then the wicked, then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So, the Antichrist, folks, cannot be revealed until we're out of the way. It can't happen. It just can't. And 
There will be a turning away from God, a generalized, an apostasy. People loving it get their ears uh, tickled. And uh, they'll, they'll surround themselves with preachers who will be more than happy to oblige them. And we'll see a general falling away. Then, then the wicked one will be revealed. Will be revealed. The Antichrist. Now, we could spend some time tonight looking at that. And I, I really, that's another topic for another day. Uh, only to be reminded uh, in Scripture uh, what the Antichrist will be like. And uh, he will be Satan's man. He temporarily will be unhindered. Can you imagine that? Folks, again, I, I, you got to be my age to understand this, okay? So, uh, 60. Otherwise, you don't understand it. Or older. Or 50, maybe. Okay? The world's changed, folks. Yeah, I mean, even you read stuff, uh, you know, like this, where the Antichrist, and we read in different passages, and we read in the book of Revelation, we read in the book of Daniel, uh, uh, different uh, prophecies concerning him. How will he be able to control? How we will, will he be able to, to, you can't even buy or sell without him's mark. Could that happen? I tell you, I was in Hong Kong a little while back, and I pulled out this card. It's a Bank of Montreal card. Money in Canadian funds. And I was there, and I'm going, I just, I, I hated the thought of putting this card in that machine. Because I figured, I'll never get it back. And will they give me any money? And I put it in there, and, I, and, and it, it happened faster than it did in Canada. I put this thing in there, and within a second I had my pin in there, and I had uh, Chinese yen, or whatever they have in Hong Kong, I can't remember. I'm telling you! Just like that! Tim, right? Korea, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are, folks. Now, think of, okay, bring yourself back 50 years. Did you ever think something like that could happen? And you better have a pin. Right? Do you think... Think about that. Think of how accurate the Bible is. You know, can you imagine a hundred years ago, I'd be preaching that... Well, Hollywood probably wasn't here. But preaching in Florida somewhere and saying, well, you know what? Everybody in the world is going to have to have a mark. Otherwise, you can't eat. There'll be a cashless society. Oh, come on. Right? How can that happen? How could anyone control the world? They, they, I mean, it took weeks even to travel anywhere. Isn't the Bible wonderful? Written thousands of years ago. The revealing of the Antichrist and no Holy Spirit to get in His way. And you read about that in Revelation chapter 13 where Satan is cast out of heaven and he knows his time is short. Can you imagine what he's going to be able to do with the tech? And folks, I mean, you know, it just, it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? 
I got my little iPhone here. You know what's dangerous is giving your grandchildren your, uh, they know how to text. <laughs> Grandpa, what you're doing? <laughs> you know, texting back and forth. I don't even know how to text. Okay? Because uh, I'm old. But you know what? You have to learn. Because gra- my grandchildren go, Grandpa, when I watch you on a computer, it's painful. Okay? I got a little two-year-old grandson, and he comes to the house, or he comes in my office, and it's almost like, Grandpa, get out of the way, I'll show you how to use this thing. Okay? I mean it. He's two. With anything, get that mouse there, he got it exactly right, ticks it, knows exactly what he wants to do. It's unbelievable. Folks, this is important for us Christians. Not that we're going to be here to see it. But isn't it true that it could, it could happen so quickly? Never mind the rapture. The revealing of the Antichrist and taking over the world. We live in a one world society, don't we? I tell you folks, you look at, uh, at what's happening financially and listen, I'm not a financial wizard by any stretch of the imagination. Only enough, if you gave me your money, it'd be dangerous. But what I want to tell you is this, folks. You see things happening in the financial world today. All I know is, all I know is, you guys are in trouble. The United States of America, you guys are in deep trouble. You you know what $16 trillion of debt is? Do you have any idea what that is? That means every one of you sitting here today is already, you owe $60,000. And, and, and the government keeps spending it like they're drunken sailors. And they just keep printing more money. You know what, folks? To me, you know why it, it, it affects me? Can I just share something with you? Now, I don't want to blame you guys. I, when I say Americans, I'm not saying just you. Yeah, you guys, but I mean your government. It affects my portfolio. I'm on Freedom 85. I can't retire. I made all these investments in the stock market. And it's your fault. You're spending too much money. It's a joke. Relax. But in a way, it's... No, seriously. When the economy, the American economy goes down, guess what? Us Canadians, we're just the little guys up there, folks. We get hurt. When the American dollar is not worth a lot of money, you know what? That hurts me. That hurts us big time. Guess what's happening, right? Look at Europe. Did you ever think? Their dollar is collapsing. Their euro, which the, you know, five years ago, man, you wanted to invest in Europe. They're broke. They got no money. There is so much debt. Folks, isn't it? perfect timing for the Antichrist to be revealed in a situation like that? Folks, listen to me. Once they get rid of us, they're going to be happy to follow a man. But we don't have to worry about that. Because it's not going to happen while you and I are here. It's important to understand that timetable, folks. It really is. Because Paul wanted, you know, you read uh, 1 Thessalonians, and he's saying, listen, I want to encourage you. You haven't been appointed to these things. You haven't been appointed. You live in a day of grace. 
Oh, by the way, let me finish with this. In Second uh, Thessalonians in chapter 2 and uh, verse uh, 8 and 9, I believe. Let me just read this to you again. Excuse me, it's, um, it's verse uh, 10. And with all uh, deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they, shall, uh, they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What's Paul saying? Remember, this is the day of the Lord he's talking about. He's saying that people who didn't respond to the gospel in the day. Remember what I said? The day of grace. It's called today in the Bible. People that said, you know what? I'm not interested in that. How many people? Just remember at the beach, the folks that we were there the last time. How many people, they took the thing, and you know what? We can't take it personally, right? It's not you that they don't like. It's Christ. But you saw some people, right? Like, some of the things they had to say. Like, what are you doing here? Get out of my way. Why would you tell me about God? Who do, who you, who do you think you are? Blah, 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 right? We heard it all, right? You hear it every day. But you know what, folks? Listen. They're living in a day of grace. But you know there will be a time coming, those people that said that? God's going to send them something. See, because it's not... It, the Holy Spirit's not working the same way. It's so important to understand this. That's why it's so important for you and I not to give up on our family. Not to give up on our friends. This is a day. It's still today. But there will be a time coming. The Holy Spirit will no longer work in the same way. God will send a delusion to these people because they refuse the gospel and they will not be able to be saved. Imagine that. They will not be able to be saved because they will believe the lie. God says, oh yeah, you didn't want to come during the day of salvation. Today, you didn't want to hear it. Now you won't be able to hear it. I'm going to turn the light off. You will not be able to see it. You will follow the Antichrist. You will take the mark of the beast. That's what Paul is saying. It's to those in 1 Thessalonians where Paul said, uh, or uh, 2 Thessalonians in the first chapter, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, what's the gospel? Be saved. Call on the name of the Lord and be saved. It's a, it's a very easy message, isn't it? Kids can understand it. But if they don't come, and they get into the day of vengeance, God will save people, but not those people. Isn't that a scary thing? It could be our family members. They said, you know what? I don't want that. God says, okay. You don't want it? I'm a perfect gentleman. You don't want it? Now I'm going to turn the light off. You will not even know. You will believe a lie. You'll be... You'll be it's called delusion. Folks, that's in the Scriptures. It ought to... 
it ought to remind us that, look at you won't be here. You won't be able to say, well, come, please. Come to this meeting. Listen to what I got to say. You can't. You got to do it now. Because we're going to be gone, folks. And if our families, loved ones, our friends, our neighbors are left behind and they've heard the gospel, they can not be saved. They can't. There will be 144,000 Jewish evangelists going around the world preaching the gospel of Christ. Because people get saved during the tribulation the same way they get saved today. And it's by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the same salvation. But folks, it's a different timetable. It's so important to understand that. See, God doesn't blind Blind Satan blinds minds right now, right? Second Corinthians four and four. To those who oppose you, you must gently instruct and hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Today, folks, listen, it's Satan who blinds the minds of unbelievers, but there will be a time unbelievers will be blinded by God Himself. They won't be able to see it. They'll believe a lie. That's why, folks, it's desperate. Is there anybody in your mind's eye here tonight when I look at your faces? Are you looking at somebody in your mind's eye that you know my word? In eternity in hell. Believing the Antichrist. Folks, this could happen tomorrow. We might not. The day of the Lord might start tomorrow. That ought to be a motivation for you and for me. It ought to remind us of these things. Who doesn't know loved ones? I got, you know, we are a big French-Canadian family, you know, 11 kids, 8 living now. And you know what? I got one sister that saved all my brothers and sisters. I love them dearly, my word. Heard the gospel, all of them. Many a times, as many a times as I could share it. And who knows, right? From We'll never hear about stuff that they, they hear about. But folks, you know what? As far as I haven't seen anything. You know what? If Tony Martin gets taken out of the way tonight, if, if, if the church leaves, they can't be saved. They can't. That's what Paul's saying. Because it's no longer the day of grace. That ought to motivate us. That ought to speak to us tonight. Folks, we see these things happening. We see the world changing. Can the Lord tarry much longer to come and get us, to get us out of here before He starts a timetable of the day of Christ? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when He's coming to get us. But it could be today. It could be. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you, O God. Thank you, thank you, Father, for thy word. The seriousness of it, O Father. And the Apostle Paul, as he was uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit and penned these words in Second Thessalonians, O God, what a, what a chapter. What a reminder of future events. And that future for us could be even today, Father, before this night is out. 
The Apostle Paul reminds the believers in uh, Thessalonica, Father, that um, we're not of the night, we're of the day. None of these things should surprise us.